Hello and welcome to Fireside Stories. My name is Mac and I'll be your host today. For episode 37, we'll be picking up where we left off in the Dead Sea Squirrels, Squirreled Away by Mike Nowrocki. So grab a travel cup of milk and bag of those cookies. Here we go. Chapter 11 The car came to a screeching halt outside the airport. Let's go, boys, Dr. Gomez said, jumping out of the car. Everybody grab a suitcase. Michael and Justin grabbed as many bags as they could handle and headed inside. Get rid of those squirrels, Justin urged Michael. There's no way they'll let them on the plane. I bring back seashells all the time from vacation, Michael responded. It's the same thing. It is not the same thing. With only minutes remaining until their plane departed, Dr. Gomez and the boys rushed to the check-in counter and then to the security line. Oh, I don't know if we're going to make it, Michael's dad said nervously. Quick, boys, backpacks on the x-ray belt. When Michael heard the word x-ray, his heart sank. He had totally forgotten about the x-ray machine. His squirrels were sure to be discovered. Um, Justin, he whispered. I think you're right. Salty squirrels are not the same thing as seashells. Ooh, you are so busted, Justin replied. Grounded for two years, for sure. Whose is this? A security officer demanded as he held up a backpack. Michael couldn't bear to look. He braced himself for what was coming. That's mine, sir, Michael heard his dad say. Confused, Michael looked up to see the officer holding a bottle of water. A backpack showing the faint outline of two squirrel skeletons passed through the x-ray machine unnoticed. You have to get rid of this, the officer told Dr. Gomez, shaking the water bottle. Of course. Sorry, Michael's dad said. The officer threw the water bottle in the trash. Michael grabbed his backpack the second it exited the machine. Whew, he gasped. Justin shook his head in disbelief as they headed towards the gate. Chapter 12 Oh, let me take that for you, sweetie, the flight attendant offered. No, it's okay, I got it. Michael grunted as he kicked his backpack, trying to wedge it under the seat in front of him. He would feel a lot better if he could keep an eye on it himself during the flight. I don't think it's going to fit, buddy, Dr. Gomez said from across the aisle. Yeah, Michael, you got too much stuff jammed in there, Justin said. He settled into the seat besides Michael and buckled in. Michael looked back up at the smiling attendant. Can I keep it in my lap, he asked. Sorry, she said, looking at him suspiciously and holding out her hand for the bag. Michael reluctantly handed over his backpack, along with its questionable contents. The flight attendant placed it in an overhead bin a few seats up. Have a nice flight, she said. Surprisingly, with his bag locked snugly away, Michael felt like he could finally relax. And feeling like you can relax after you've been up all night 
fearing for your life in a pitch black cave could only mean one thing. Michael was out cold, drooling on his tiny flight pillow. Chapter 13 Boom! Chugga 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 Michael opened his eyes with a start. How long have I been asleep? He lifted his head from his drool-soaked pillow and looked around. It was daylight outside, but many of the passengers around him were sleeping. Ding! The red fastened seatbelt light flashed on above him. No, no big deal, Justin yawned. Just a little rough air. Might as well go back to sleep. Michael was happy to take the advice. He still felt exhausted, but before he could close his eyes again, he noticed that the overhead bin where his backpack had been placed had been flung open by the turbulence. <gasps> oh no! Michael gasped. What? asked Justin. Michael pointed at his backpack. The top was unzipped, and a crusty, scraggly squirrel tail was sticking out. Then the plane hit another pocket of rough air, and the bag slipped out and fell onto the back of the seat below. Ah! Michael whispered, fighting back to hold a scream. Ah! repeated Justin in a slightly louder whisper. A squirrel slid out of the bag and onto the head of a sleeping man. Ah! Michael screamed, not in a whisper. Shh! Justin urged, you're going to wake up your dad. Michael looked across the aisle at his sleeping father. I gotta get that squirrel, he whispered to Justin. Michael looked up and down the aisle, checking for flight attendants. All clear. He unbuckled his belt quietly, stood up, and tiptoed forward. The salty rodent tail covered the nose and mouth of the sleeping man, rising and falling slowly with his breathing. Yuck, Michael thought. As cool as he thought the squirrels were, he would not like one on his face. As he reached forward to grab it, a voice called out, Young man, you need to remain in your seat. It was the flight attendant who had stowed his backpack. Without looking at her, Michael grabbed the squirrel off the sleeping man's face, stuffed it back in his backpack, crammed the bag back into the overhead bin, and slammed the bin shut. He looked over to see the flight attendant standing in the aisle near the front of the plane, motioning to a dark-haired man seated next to her. The man turned to look at Michael. He was wearing a suit and sunglasses and looked very official. Who wears a suit and sunglasses on a 12-hour flight, Michael thought. Sorry, he called out as he scrambled back to his seat. Oh, everything all right? Dr. Gomez said sleepily as Michael sat back down and buckled up. Oh, yeah, everything's fine, Michael said. He peeked around at the front seat to see the flight attendant giving him the stink eye as the man in the suit and sunglasses looked on with a steely gaze. Chapter 14 Cookies! The shout echoed through the concourse as Michael walked out with his dad and Justin. 
Michael covered his face with his hands. Cookies was his mom's super embarrassing nickname for him, and hearing it yelled out loud in public was the worst. Michael's mom waved at him wildly. Next to her stood Jane, Michael's little sister, who seemed surprisingly happy to see him too. Justin's mom was also there. It was hugs all around as the women welcomed their men back home after a long summer. Let me get that for you, Mrs. Gomez offered, reaching for Michael's backpack. No, I got it. Michael didn't want to let it out of his sight until he got it home. And please don't call me cookies. I'm in fifth grade now. Well, almost. Did you bring me anything? Asked Jane, who was four years old and about to start preschool, taught by Mrs. Gomez. Michael assumed this was necessary because his parents couldn't convince any other teachers to take Jane. Of course, sweetheart, Dr. Gomez responded. What about you, Michael? Did you bring me something? Um, before he could answer, Michael caught a glimpse of someone familiar. The man in the suit and sunglasses from the plane was standing about 30 feet away by the escalators, looking up at Michael over his phone. When the man noticed that he had been noticed, he quickly looked down at his phone, turned around, and went down the escalator. Well, did you? Jane asked again. Was I supposed to? Michael responded distracted. Oh, you must all be exhausted, Mrs. Gomez said. Let's get you home. See you at school tomorrow, Michael, Justin said as he headed towards the escalator with his mom. Chapter 15 Dead Sea, A.D. 70 How did two squirrels get stuck in a cave anyway? There are three types of squirrels. Tree squirrels, which live in trees, ground squirrels, which live underground, and cave squirrels, which don't exist. Had Michael known that the cave squirrel had never been a thing, he might have asked himself the same question. And the answer? Vacation, of course. You know most what I love about the Dead Sea Pearl? Merle said as he waded into the super salty water. What could you possibly love about this awful place? Pearl responded from behind her little sunglasses, lying on her little lounge chair under her little beach umbrella. It's too hot, it's too dry, and it's way too salty. That's the best part! Woohoo! Merle jumped high into the air and landed flat on his back on the surface of the water. Splash! Oof! He grunted with the force of the impact. Look, you can't sink. That's just great, Merle. We came all this way just to see you not sink. Pearl wiped the salty splash out of her eyes. Couldn't you just have worn your floaties in the lake back home? It's not the same, Merle replied, using his tail to swirl around in circles in the water. I've always wanted to not sink. Merle turned over and tried to dive down under the water, only to pop right back up. Phew! He spit out a mouthful of salty water. Wow, that is salty! 
Well, it's nice to get away, Pearl said, shifting her umbrella aside so that she could bask in the sun. And it was a relaxing raft ride down the Jordan River. Made that raft myself, Merle said proudly, returning to floating on his back. You've always been good with your paws, Pearl complimented him. Now I just have to figure out how we're going to get back. Pearl sat up straight in her tiny lounge chair. What? Well, the river only carries a raft one way, and that's here. Merle was a squirrel who loved to explore, and now that the pups were out of the tree and off on their own, he was itching to travel and see the world. Sometimes, however, Merle did not think things all the way through. Pearl sighed. <sighs> Merle, sometimes you just don't think things through. Chapter 16 I'm so hot, Merle groaned as he and Pearl huddled under the tiny bit of shade cast by the umbrella. He'd had his fill of not sinking, and now he was hoping for some relief from the sun. It doesn't help that we're both covered in fur and hugging, Pearl responded. We'll have to get out of this sun. Why aren't there any trees around? Merle complained. My guess is because it's the desert. Merle spotted a rocky cliffside along the seashore. Let's head over there, he suggested. Maybe we can find some better shade. Maybe even a cave. Leaving their raft behind, the two picked up their beach chair and umbrellas and headed for the cliffs, their stiff, salt-covered fur crackling as they walked. Before long, they spotted an opening in the rocks, with a large, beautiful pool of shade underneath. The squirrels ran towards it and collapsed in the cool, sandy ground. Pearl, the more sensible of the two, suggested that they wait in the shade until nightfall and then look for a town or a camel caravan. Good idea. Then Merle realized something. Hey, I've never been in a cave. Don't get any ideas, Pearl warned. There are two types of squirrels, tree squirrels and ground squirrels. And if God wanted you to mess around in caves, he would have made you a bat. Merle continued, My dad always told me the same thing. Never go into a cave, he said. That's great advice, Merle. Pearl tried to brush some of the salt off her fur. Remember what Paul said? Honor your father and mother. Moses said it first. Besides, I'm a full-grown squirrel, Merle said. Actually, God said it first, and you're never too old for good advice. Pearl shook her finger at him. But it looks so interesting and cool, like temperature cool back there, Pearl. Come on, let's, let's just have a quick look. Without waiting for an answer, Merle crept further inside the mouth of the cave. 
Chapter 17 Walnut Creek, Tennessee, present day. With the long day and long summer now behind him, Michael is glad to finally be back in his own room and his own bed. Like always, he prayed with his parents before bedtime. Thank you, God, for an awesome summer. Thank you for all the fun I had with Dad and Justin. Thank you for keeping us safe. And thank you especially that I didn't stay lost in that cave. Amen. Wait, what? His mom shouted, lost in a cave? Yeah, his dad said, I've been meaning to talk with you about that. Michael, you want to tell your mom what happened? Okay. Justin and I were exploring a cave and got a little bit lost, but eventually we found our way out. Dad told me to never do it again, but I didn't listen. I went back in later by myself and I got a whole lot lost when I broke my flashlight. Mrs. Gomez went pale. You were in a cave by yourself with no flashlight? It's okay, Mom. I'm fine now. Michael, you know that when we ask you to do something or not to do something, it's for your own good, right? Dr. Gomez said, The Bible tells us that honoring your father and mother is the first commandment with a promise. When you do, things will go well for you and you will live longer. Yeah, I get the live longer part now, Michael said. Look, buddy, we're older and have a lot more experience with life, which makes us a little wiser than you. We love you and we want what's best for you. Dr. Gomez ruffled Michael's hair. Thanks, Dad, Michael said. I love you guys too. By the way, what was so important that you needed to go back into that cave for, Mrs. Gomez asked. Meow. Mr. Nemesis, Jane's cat, said from across the room. He was scratching at Michael's backpack. Michael jumped out of bed. Get off that, he yelled, chasing Mr. Nemesis out of the room. Come on, back to bed, Dr. Gomez said. We've all got school in the morning. No time for chasing cats around. Michael crawled back into bed. His mom and dad kissed him on the head. Dr. Gomez turned off the light. Just before closing the door, he said, By the way, you're grounded for a week. Dad, Michael complained. Good night, cookies, Mrs. Gomez said. Don't call me that, Michael double complained. Chapter 18 when you are excited because tomorrow is the first day of fifth grade, which, in case you didn't know, makes you elementary school royalty. And when you're not all that tired anyway because you slept pretty much the whole day on a plane, going to sleep is not easy. Michael lay awake thinking about his summer and about the year ahead. He couldn't wait to see his friends and tell them about his and Justin's adventures. Their friend Sadie, in particular, would love hearing all about it. At school, they were pretty much the three musketeers, 
and Michael had been bummed that Sadie couldn't join them in Israel. Michael's thoughts turned to the squirrels in his backpack. He couldn't leave them there forever. They were, after all, souvenirs. He would need to tell his parents about them sooner or later. Michael threw his covers off and took the crusty critters out of his backpack. He held them up, wondering if all the trouble he had gone through to get them to his house was worth it. Oh, I don't... I hope they don't stink up my room, he thought. Looking around his room to find the best place to display his treasures, Michael decided on top of his dresser. They would show up best from the highest point of the room. He propped the squirrels up, surprised to discover that with some gentle pushing and pulling, he was able to arrange their arms and legs so that they could stand up like posable action figures. Awesome, he whispered. He'd made the squirrels look like fierce, nut-hoarding warriors. Sadie's gonna think that these are so cool. He thought for a moment about taking them to school the next day, but decided it was too risky. Besides, he needed a break from the stress of toting them around. Being grounded meant that he would have to come straight home after class, but maybe Justin and Sadie could drop by for just a quick look. Michael opened his window next to his dresser to help with any possible odor issues. A late summer breeze blew in, and the low rumble of distant thunder sounded as Michael crawled back to bed. He closed his eyes and eventually drifted off to sleep as a light, misty rain sprinkled through the screen, dampening the top of the dresser in the dry, salty fur of Michael's souvenir squirrels. If the rain had been heavier, Michael probably would have woken up. And if he'd woken up, he might have seen a paw of one of the squirrels move ever so slightly. But it was not, and he did not.